Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. The podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. Welcome, listeners, on to the show. So today I'm going to read from a young adult book that first came out in 2020. So it's a little bit older, but not terribly old. And it is called The Ravens by Cass Morgan and Danielle Page. Only their sisterhood can save them. At first glance, the sisters of the ultra-exclusive Kappa Rho Nu, the Ravens, seem like typical sorority girls. Ambitious, beautiful, and smart, they're the most powerful girls on Westerly College's Savannah, Georgia campus. But the Ravens aren't just regular sorority girls, they're witches. Scarlet Winter has always known she's a witch, and she's determined to be the sorority's president, just like her mother and sister before her. But if a painful secret from her past ever comes to light, she could lose absolutely everything. Vivi Devereaux has no idea she's a witch, and she's never lived in one place long enough to make a friend. So when she gets a coveted bid to pledge the Ravens, she vows to do whatever it takes to be part of the magical sisterhood. The only thing standing in her way is Scarlet, who doesn't think Vivi is Raven's material. But... When a wicked power rises on campus, the girls will have to put their rivalry aside to save their fellow sisters. Someone has discovered the raven's secret, and that someone will do anything to see these witches burn. Right, so let's get started with a prologue. The witch looked at the blonde girl cowering on the ground, her eyes wide with fear. Don't look at me that way. I told you I don't want to do this, the witch said as she drew the circle, lit the candles, and checked the contents of the bubbling cauldron. The knife, already sharpened, glinted on the altar next to her offering. The girl moaned in response, tears streaking down her face. Her mouth was bound, but her words rang crystal clear in the witch's head. Remember who I am. Remember who you are. Remember the ravens. The witch hardened her heart. No doubt the girl thought she sensed an opportunity in her captor's apologetic tone. A chance to persuade her to stop. A chance to hope. A chance to live. It was too late for that. Magic didn't preach. It gave and took. This was the gift. This was the cost. The witch knelt beside the girl and tested the bonds one last time. Tight, though not enough to cut off her circulation. She wasn't a monster. The girl's screams began again, piercing through the gags stuffed in her mouth. The witch gritted her teeth. She'd much prefer the girl to be unconscious, but the right she dug up had been very specific. If this was going to work, she needed to do it perfectly. If it didn't, she shut her eyes. She couldn't think of that possibility. It had to work. There was no other way. She picked up the knife and began to chant. In the end, she was surprised at how easy it was. A slash and a shower of red, followed by the unmistakable electric crackle of magic bleeding into the air. Magic that was now all hers. Chapter 1. Vivi. Vivian! Daphne Devereaux stood in her daughter's doorway, her face twisted in an exaggerated anguish. 
Even in the unforgiving Reno heat, she wore a floor-length black housecoat edged in gold tassels and had wrapped a velvet scarf around her dark, unruly hair. You can't go. I've had a premonition. Vivi glanced at her mother, suppressed a sigh, and returned to her packing. She was leaving for Westerly College in Savannah that afternoon and was trying to fit her entire life into two suitcases and a backpack. Luckily, Vivi had a lifetime of practice. Whenever Daphne Devereaux got one of her premonitions, they tended to leave the next morning, unpaid rent and unpacked belongings be damned. It's healthy to start fresh, sugar snap, Daphne said once when eight-year-old Vivi begged to go back for her stuffed hippo, Philip. You don't want to carry that bad energy with you. Let me guess, Vivi said now, shoving several books into her backpack. Daphne was moving too, trading Reno for Louisville, and Vivi didn't trust her mom to take her library. You've seen a powerful darkness headed my way. It's not safe for you at that place. Vivi closed her eyes and took what she hoped would be a calming breath. Her mother hadn't been able to bring herself to say the word college for months. It's called Westerly. It's not a curse word. Far from it. Westerly was Vivi's lifeline. She'd been shocked when she'd received a full scholarship to Westerly, a school she'd considered to be way out of her league. Vivi had always been a strong student, but she'd attended three different high schools, two of which she'd started mid-year, and her transcript contained nearly as many incompletes as it did A's. Daphne, however, had been adamantly against it. You'll hate Westerly, she said with surprising conviction. I'd never set foot on that campus. That was what sealed the deal for Vivi. If her mom hated it that much, it was clearly the perfect place for Vivi to start a brand new life. As Daphne stood mournfully in the doorway, Vivi looked at the Westerly calendar she'd tacked to the yellowing wall, the only decoration she'd bothered with this time around. Of all the places they'd lived over the years, this apartment was her least favorite. It was a stucco-filled two-bedroom above a pawn shop in Reno, and the whole place reeked of cigarettes and desperation, much like the whole dusty state of Nevada. The calendar's photos, glossy odes to ivy-covered buildings and mossy live oaks, had become a beacon of hope. They were a reminder of something better, a future she could carve out for herself, away from her mother and her portents of evil. But then she saw the tears in her mother's eyes and Vivi felt her frustration relent just a little. Although Daphne was a supremely accomplished actress, a necessity when your livelihood depended on parting strangers from their money, she'd never been able to fake tears. Vivi abandoned her packing and took a few steps across her cramped bedroom toward her mother. It's going to be okay, mom, Vivi said. I won't be gone long. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. Her mother sniffed and extended her pale arm. Vivi shared her mother's fair coloring, which meant that she burned after 15 minutes in the sun. Look what I drew as your cross card. It was a tarot card. Daphne made a living reading the fortunes of all the sad, wretched people who sought her out and forked over good money in exchange for bullshit platitudes. Yes, your lazy husband will find work soon. No, your deadbeat dad doesn't hate you. In fact, he's trying to find you. As a child, Vivi had loved watching her beautiful mother dazzle the customers with her wisdom and glamour. But as she grew older, seeing her mother profiting from their pain began to set Vivi's teeth on edge. She couldn't bear to watch people being taken advantage of, yet there was nothing she could do about it. Daphne's readings were their one source of income, the only way to pay for their shitty apartments and discount groceries. 
but not anymore. Vivi had found a way out, a new beginning far from her mother's impulsive behaviors. The kind that had led them to uproot their whole lives time and again based on nothing more than Daphne's premonitions. Let me guess, Vivi said, raising an eyebrow at the tarot card in her mother's hand. Death? Her mother's face darkened, and when Daphne spoke, her normally melodic voice was chillingly sharp and quiet. Vivi, I know you don't believe in tarot, but for once, just listen to me. Vivi took the card and turned it over. Sure enough, a skeleton carrying a scythe glared up from the card. Its eyes were hollowed out gouges, and its mouth curved up in an almost gleeful leer. Disembodied hands and feet pushed up from the loamy earth as the sun sank in a blood-red sky. Vivi felt an odd tremor of vertigo, like she was standing at the edge of a great precipice and looking down into a vast nothingness instead of standing in her bedroom, where the only view was the neon yellow, we buy gold sign across the street. I told you, Westerly isn't safe, not for people like you, Daphne whispered. You have an ability to see beyond the veil. It makes you a target for dark forces. Beyond the veil, Vivi repeated wearily. I thought you weren't going to say stuff like that anymore. Throughout Vivi's childhood, Daphne had tried to draw her into her world of tarot and seances and crystals, claiming that Vivi had special powers waiting to be unlocked. She'd even trained Vivi to do simple readings for clients who'd been mesmerized by the sight of a small child communing with the spirits. But eventually, Vivi had realized the truth. She didn't have any power. She was just another pawn in her mother's game. I can't control which card I draw. It's foolish to ignore a warning like this. A horn honked outside and someone yelled an expletive. Vivi sighed and shook her head. But you taught me yourself that death is a symbol of transformation. Vivi tried to hand the card back to her mother, but Daphne's arms remained resolutely at her sides. Obviously, that's what it means. College is my fresh start. No more random midnight moves to new cities. No uprooting themselves every time Vivi was about to finally form a real friendship. For the next four years, she could reinvent herself as a normal college student. She'd make friends, have a social life, maybe sign up for a few extracurricular activities, or at the very least, figure out what activities she enjoyed. They'd moved around so much that she hadn't had the chance to get good at anything. She had been forced to quit the flute after three months and abandon softball mid-season, and she'd given up intro to French so many times that all she knew how to reliably say was, Bonjour, je m'appelle Vivienne, je suis nouvelle. Her mother shook her head. In the reading, death was accompanied by the Ten of Swords and the Tower, betrayal and sudden violence. Vivienne, I have a terrible feeling. Vivi gave up and tucked the card into her suitcase, then reached up and took Daphne's hands in hers. This is a big change for both of us. It's okay to be upset. Just tell me you're going to miss me, like a normal parent would, instead of turning this into some sign from the spirit world. Her mother squeezed her hand tightly. I know I can't make this decision for you. Then stop trying to, please. Vivi laced her fingers through her mother's the way she used to when she was little. I don't want to spend our last day fighting. Daphne's shoulders slumped as if she'd finally realized this was a losing battle. Promise me you'll be careful. Remember, things aren't always as they appear. Even something that seems good can be dangerous. Is this your way of telling me I'm secretly evil? Her mother gave her a withering look. Just be smart, Viv. That I can definitely do. 
Vivi's smile widened enough to make Daphne roll her eyes. I've raised an egomaniac, but her mother leaned in to hug her all the same. I blame you for all the your magic and you can do anything talks, Vivi said, letting go of her hands to finish zipping the suitcase shut. I'll be careful, I promise. And she would be. She knew bad things could happen in college. Bad things happened everywhere. But Daphne was fooling herself if she thought some silly tarot reading meant anything. There was no such thing as magic. Or so Vivi thought. I was going to maybe read the second chapter because it's told in Scarlet's voice, but it's a lot longer than that first one. So I guess just know that the chapters alternate between Scarlet and Vivi. And that was a little bit of a glimpse into Vivi's life. And I'm guessing that Scarlet's life is kind of the opposite. So I hope you enjoyed that and found it intriguing enough to come in and check it out. I'll put more books with similar themes in the show notes. The cover of this book is really cool. It's filled with like, what do they call those? Like a tesserae of ravens. And the main one is holding a golden ring that says KPN on it, which I assume could only stand for Kappa Rho Nu. So I think it's going to be a good one. And if you don't like it, you didn't like it, totally fine. There's other books in the library that we are happy to help you find. But I do hope you join me next time for another Next Reads. Thanks.